0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Two Gals and Mike podcast. I'm your host, Sue Kerber, and today I'm chatting with a gal who's using her intuition to help guide others to live their best lives. Renee Spears is a spiritual mentor, a spirit guide channeler, and the host of the Abundology podcast. Hey, Renee, welcome to the show. Hi, Sue, one of my favorite people. I'm so happy to be here and talk with you. Well, I am so glad that you're joining me today because you have such a unique background. You're a spiritual mentor and a spirit guide channeler, but you haven't always been in this role. In fact, you owned a mortgage company at one time. So how did you find your way from mortgages to mentoring? Yeah,
1: I owned a mortgage company for about 20 years. Um, And about 10 years into owning a mortgage company, as you can imagine, mortgage is not the most exciting job that's out there. So I started to get a little bored with it. And I started to incorporate more energy work in my company meetings, talking about, you know, the law of attraction and being positive and gratitude and all of those things. And I found that those really got my employees engaged. And it kept my interest. It actually made my mortgage job a lot more interesting. Um, and then I, it just kind of evolved from there. I started doing a lot of public speaking and I didn't want to talk about mortgages. Nobody really wants to hear about mortgages, mm-hmm. but they do want to hear about positive company culture. And being a positive person and gratitude and all of those things. So it just kind of led down that path. And then I really couldn't take mortgage anymore. And I sold my company about five years ago. And I had no idea what I was going to do afterward. Not one
0: clue. Okay. So hold on. Wait. So you sold your company before you had the next plan of action in action. Yep. Oh my gosh. What a leap of faith that was. So what happened? Well, I did. I remember the first
1: week standing in my living room, you know, like in my pajamas, like, uh, like what do I do now? I had no clue. (laughs) So I spent that week just doing puzzles and eating chocolate and it was like a fabulous week. So I gave myself, um, fortunately I had the ability to give myself a little bit of time to figure out what was next. So it took about three or four months and, Um, I remember getting acupuncture one day, you know, I was just kind of open to whatever the universe brings me, that will be my path. And I was sitting there in the chair with all the needles stuck into me all over and just got this, a download, this idea of Renee, why don't you do spirit guide channeling? You do it. And even the name abundology, I'd never heard that before. And I went home and Googled like, is this even a word? Does this exist? Does somebody else use this word? And that one person had used it, you know, a couple decades ago for something and just named myself that put up a website and start doing it. So is it a word or it is what, is a it, word. what does it mean? It's just the study of abundance, which is and what you think, focus on. Yeah. Which is what I focus on, you know, through gratitude and, and looking at the positive in life spiritual growth. So let's talk
0: about that a little bit, because I, I don't know if all of my listeners understand what a spirit guide channeler is? Like, how does that work? And I guess my other question with that is, is it inclusive of all
1: belief systems? It is inclusive of all belief systems. And we all have um, guides or other beings that are with us here on our journey through through this life. They're with us from birth till death. Um, and there's many different kinds. There's angels and archangels and ascended masters. I happen to just talk with the spirit guides, and I call them like your everyday grocery store guides because they're the ones that are there to you know make sure that you you get the parking spot in front, that you meet the person you're supposed to meet in line at the bank. Those those sort of everyday practical guides, I'm gonna call it. And what I do is I get in, um, I don't know, it's kind of like a little trance, but not really. And I receive messages and words to pass on to my clients that are for their highest good. So it just really helps people with clarity, clarity in their life. Or um, i to be honest with you, most of the time people know because they already have this intuitive hit of what they should be doing. And they come to me and what
0: the messages are from the spirit guys is just confirming what they already know. So what kind of questions do people ask you? I mean, surely they're not asking you, am I going to get the front row parking spot?
1: No, they don't ask that.
0: (laughs) There's quite a few, like, what is my
1: purpose in life? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I have to say, um, when I first started, I wasn't very clear about what I was doing. And at that time, I got a lot of, does this guy like me questions? Um, and honestly, if you're coming to me for that, the answer is going to be no. If you got, you already know if the guy likes you or not. So, but now it's a lot of um, what is my purpose? Um, I'm feeling this way about a situation is what I'm feeling the correct thing. Should I move to this certain place? Is this so, job for my highest good? Those sort of things.
0: So what kind of implementation do you see from people who come to you with these questions, like if they're asking you about living a purpose-filled life, or if they're asking you if these things are for their highest good and they, they get those answers and it's confirming their intuition. And as you say, things that they already know, do you see people moving forward then and actioning those things? Does it give them more confidence to do that?
1: It does. And, And a lot of times it's, it's instant where they've been maybe in a holding pattern in their life, kind of unsure. I think I should do this thing, but I'm not really sure. And then we'll have the conversation. They'll get confirmation. And really, maybe the next day they quit their job. Um, Some people get married. Some
0: people decide to leave partnerships. Some people move. That's so interesting. So you had mentioned uh, at the beginning when you were talking about your journey to becoming a spiritual guide and you were in the mortgage business, you were doing this sort of at the same time, right? So how did you know that you had this gift and ability? I didn't really know. Um, Employees would come to
1: me and they would say, for instance, um, Renee, I'd really like my daughter to get into this preschool. And I would joke around and I'd say, okay, I'll put it in my meditations. And that was basically like it. But after I'd said that 20 or 30 times, and all of the things that people were requesting started to come th- come through and happen, they started paying attention. And I was like, there's something to this. I did a lot at that time because I had loan officers that worked with me and we did a lot of marketing. Um, they would come to me for different marketing ideas. Those marketing ideas did not come from Renee. Those ideas came from somewhere else. And they ended up being these fabulous, wonderful money making ideas but they weren't really mine. So I knew that I was tapping into some sort of knowledge that
0: wasn't my personal knowledge. So did that scare you? I mean, I feel like that would have to be a little disconcerting at first. It was just weird, you know, like <laughs>
1: where is this coming from? How do I know this stuff? So after about 10 years of, you know, listening to this and giving this advice and and taking my own advice when I got those hits and it being outstanding every time, I was like, like, I
0: can trust this. That's a really interesting word, Renee, trust. Because I think that a lot of what we're talking about circles around that word. I mean, we all have this intuition and we all have these, I don't know, gut feelings or these things that we think we should, the shoulds that we shoulds. should be doing. Yep. So how do you
1: lean into trust? Well, I think that even comes back to trusting yourself, ultimately trusting yourself, trusting yourself to take care of yourself, to- you know, make sure that you uh, take care of your health and you're making money and you're in a safe place and all, you know, all of those things. But um, I don't feel like there's another option. I feel like my intuition is 100% right on, which people's intuition normally is. We just aren't taught in our society to trust that. We're taught to second guess and that that's not, you know, logical or that doesn't make sense, you know. Where often our intuition, the things that we get don't really make sense. Like sell your mortgage company and channel spirit guides. I mean, that makes no logical sense at all.
0: And yet here you are and And you're very successful and very happy in in this new, in this new life that you've created. So (laughs) you were not in Montana when you were doing this, right? No, I was in Portland, Portland, Oregon. And how did you choose Montana?
1: Because now you're in Bozeman. Yeah. I'm in Bozeman now. Okay. It's a little wild story. So hang with me for a second here. <laughs> I love wild stories. Those are the best. <laughs> My best friend um, and ex-husband had passed away and he was in Ohio and he had our joint car. So I went to Ohio to, to get the car and drive it back to Portland. He had uploaded his whole entire music library into the car and there's no radio stations I really wanted to listen to in Ohio and through South Dakota and stuff. So I just put on his played the music that was in the music library in the car and it happened to be like synchronized to my trip like I was feeling really sad and there'd be a sad song come on and I would cry. And then I'd be going through something and I would be really happy and I would be really happy. And and so part of me started thinking like, am I making this up? Is this really, you know, re-? so I need a sign. And I, so I asked at that point, I need a sign that I'm just not losing my mind. Tr- that I could trust this, <laughs> that this is real and I'm not just going crazy. Mm-hmm. So a song comes on and it was a um, Native American song with some drumming and it was called The Crow Something. At that particular moment, I was in Montana and I drove by an exit sign for the Crow Reservation. And there was just some, when I drove through Montana, I just knew, I knew I was supposed to live here. This, this was my place. I just felt like this was my home. Now, because of COVID, it took a couple more years to actually make the move here. But um, I, you know, when you're in your place, And you're listening. Mm -hmm. This is
0: my place. This is where I'm supposed to be. That's how I feel here. That is so wild, isn't it? But I don't think it's uncommon. Like when I think about my own venture and how I ended up in Montana, it wasn't that story. But similarly, I was also searching for a sign of my, what do I do next? And I knew I couldn't stay in the situation, in the place, in in the job and the capacity that I was in. And so- I did job interviews for jobs all around the United States. And the only offers that I got were in Bozeman, Montana. And it it went back to that trust thing. It was like, well, this doesn't necessarily make sense, but I packed my truck. I drove myself cross country with my puppy and landed in Bozeman and just made a life here. So I don't know, Renee. You might be onto something with this well, with this trust thing. <laughs> Even some of the stories that you've told me about
1: starting fly fishing and needing mm-hmm. a place. Could you could you repeat that? Because it's such a great story about you know the place that you
0: found and the was it a sponsor that you needed? Oh, oh yeah. So when I before I got to Montana. Um, I had been fly fishing for a long time, uh, primarily with veterans and uh, veteran organizations. And I often found that I was the only female in the group. And it was frustrating to me to feel like I had to hold my own as a woman side, side note, I decided to use my GI bill to go to fly fishing guide school which happened to be in Montana, but I wasn't living here yet. I was living in Charleston, South Carolina. So I came up to Montana for a week and I went through guide school, not because I had any inclination that any of this, of teaching women, fly fishing, any of this would be happening, but simply because I wanted to be a better angler. And if I was gonna be the only lady hanging out with all of these men who were fishing, I wanted to be able to hold my own. So I came to Montana, went through guide school, went back to Charleston, continued on. And then um, I took a sabbatical, which I just uh, referred to. And in that sabbatical, like I said, I I knew I had to make a change. And so I took the opportunity to take a job in Montana, even though it didn't make sense, drove myself up here. And when I got here, I decided to lean into um, starting this business of teaching women how to fly fish because I simply didn't want ladies to go through that same experience that I had gone through. I wanted them to feel empowered and have a group of other like-minded women, like a community that they could fish with. And so in order to to do all of this, to your point, is as a guide in Montana, you have to work under an outfitter. And so I didn't know any outfitters. i you know, my circle was relatively small. And I just made some phone calls. And one day as I, um, I called the person who's in charge of the insurance for the guides and the outfitters in this particular region. And I was speaking with him and telling him what I wanted to do. He was like, Hey, we have a place. We like this idea. Why don't you come talk to us and tell us a little bit more about your business. And one thing led to another. And now I have this wonderful group of people, this wonderful outfitter that support me and allow me to use their property for, for the fly fishing education classes for the two gals in a boat, you know, things like that. It was just sort of saying yes to the next right thing, even though it didn't necessarily make sense.
1: Yeah. And there's so much uh, serendipity and coincidences involved when we're on the path and we're doing the, the thing that our soul's meant to be doing. And if we just pay attention to those things, it gives us a lot of clarity and
0: reinforcement that we're on the right path. I would agree with that because it feels like you're going from being out of alignment to being fully in alignment. And I guess that if I had to describe what that feels like for me, it's just a sense of peace and just a sense of quiet knowingness. Yes. Quiet knowingness. That's perfect.
1: And I think that a lot of
0: people that I
1: talk to, that is what they are searching for, is that quiet knowingness. And we honestly, we know it, but we don't trust it. And then when we get confirmation, outside confirmation, it could be a a coincidence. It could be a message from somebody else. It could be messages from spirit guides. But that just reinforces, yes, I knew that. I knew that to be true. And now I'm going to lean into it and trust it. But
0: again, going back to the point of leaning in and trusting, that is not always an easy thing to do, especially if you are facing a challenging situation or you're facing a loss. Maybe you have had, um, like you mentioned, the death of someone who was close to you. Maybe it's a divorce, loss of a job, um, maybe a significant failure or things didn't turn out the way that you thought that they would turn out. What words of advice or suggestions do you have to take those as opportunities instead of losses? Because what if those are the things that are meant to catapult you into a different direction? And I don't think the question
1: is, what if they are the things that are meant to catapult you in a different direction? When I was 30, um, my husband at the time, um, I've lost two husbands now, he passed away in a drowning accident. Uh, Unexpected, of course changed the trajectory of my life. And as we can imagine, the worst thing that ever happened to me and the best thing that ever happened to me, it woke me up. I was at that time, I lived in California. It was all about the big house and the big car and the, this and the, that and him passing. I'd never, I did not grow up with a religious background. I'd never even thought about life after death, but when he died just to deal with the grief I read all of these um, uh, over a thousand different books on life after death and energy and spirits and God and, you know, you name it. I read it and it got me through that time. And I think that anybody that has gone through a difficult time. If you can get through that, if you can get through a divorce, if you can get through a death, if you can get through an addiction, anything like that, you can get through anything. It makes the rest of life seem pretty easy if you can get through those tough things. And I didn't know it at the time, but all of this knowledge that I was absorbing, I hear I would be using then, you know, 20, 30 years later when I shifted careers. We don't know. Everything leads to something else.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you, I... I'm not a big fan of that phrase, everything happens for a reason. I sort of feel like it's a bit trite, but I will say you just nailed it. There have been so many times when I have found 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road, oh my gosh, that was a foundational piece. And if I had not done that, learned that, trusted that, leaned into that, whatever that is, I never would be at this place and space where I'm at now. I think that's one of the great things about getting
1: older. There's so many great things about getting older, but one of them is so we have this gift of of hindsight that we can look back, you know, now for decades and see the pieces literally falling into place to get us where we are now. And I don't know if we, if I would be where I am now without multiple things happening along the
0: way. So what would you say that's sort of focusing on the past and being able to have that hindsight, but what if you're trying to focus on the future?
1: Everything we're creating is about being present in the moment where we are right now. Yes, we have goals and we want to achieve different things, but that starts with us being centered and calm and present in the moment. I really think that we can be happy and content and joyful And have gratitude right now on our way to whatever is happening in 10 years.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Somebody recently told me, you need to be where your feet are planted. And that resonated with me because I'll tell you, I think about that multiple times a day, just being where my feet are planted right here, right now, and not necessarily worrying about what's next, you know, And that's not to say that I don't have goals and it's not to say that I don't have focus, but I think we can get so wrapped up in that, that we lose everything that you just said. We lose that gratitude and that sense of contentment because we're not giving ourselves space or permission to be content with where we currently are. I do think that that is
1: one of the gifts of having somebody pass away that you love like treasuring the moment. We don't know. We don't know when anybody is going to go. We just passed through Thanksgiving. We have Christmas coming up here. Making those the best I can possibly make them because I don't know if I will be here at next year at this time. I don't know if my loved ones will. I don't know what life is going to look like, but I know right now in this minute, it's fabulous. And I'm going to make it as great as I possibly can while
0: I'm here. That's what you do for others too. So you also offer these opportunities called Women's Wisdom Circles. Renee, why don't you walk us through what what your vision of these are and what you've seen happen with them?
1: Well, you know, when I was about uh, in my 30s, I went to my first Women's Wisdom Circle and I got so much out of it, just the not, the wisdom from other women. And we used to do this a lot in our society back in the olden days. You know, the women would gather together and talk and share their wisdom. And we really don't do that anymore. So bringing together a group of people just to be real, just to say, I'm kind of struggling with this. Well, I am too. And I did this and it worked. That is, I think the value of it is it's not necessarily me. It's the, the wisdom that we're all sharing together. And to know that you are, we're on this path with other people <laughs> that are experiencing the same things that we are and have some knowledge that they can share about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And you know, what was so interesting in my own experience was that the women who were part of this circle came from very diverse backgrounds
1: and some younger, some older, you know, very different life experiences.
0: But I think that makes us so much more well-rounded. I totally agree. So you're helping teach this wisdom. How about some other secrets of success? What, what do you do to be successful? So my job, I don't
1: really feel is my work. My work is to keep myself in alignment so that I can do my job, to keep myself in inner peace and calm and harmony. Um, And that is, that's really the, the gist of my work. So doing my meditation, my yoga Nature to me is the thing that keeps me in alignment. So lots of time outside hiking with my dog, that sort of thing. And I think that that sort of keeping ourselves as the number one priority and making sure that we are in the flow, that we have peace of mind, that we have inner peace. That's really the key to everything else. And that is where all abundance springs from too. So you want to make money, focus on your inner peace. You want to find love, focus on your inner peace. If you want a great life, focus on your inner peace. We, we know we're we live in a society where we're always pointing at it, that person or that thing or that circumstance. And really it comes back, as we know, we've heard this 10,000 times to how we react to it, not the circumstance. I will say one thing about intuition, because that's a big thing that comes up a lot in my work. Within three seconds, 97% of the time, within three seconds of the first impression that we have of something, it's correct. That's our intuitive hit. So the first thing that you believe when you meet somebody or you feel something or whatever, you must trust that. And the more you trust that, the more you build up that muscle and then therefore trust yourself. And often what we tend to do is discard it. Well, oh, that person seems a little fishy. Oh, it's probably fine. He's the neighbor. He's probably okay. Where our intuition is like, "Uh uh-uh, that dude's
0: fishy. Yeah. Yeah. Or you say... Uh, It's probably just me. I'm probably just being a little weird about it. Yeah, probably just me. Well, maybe it is you. Maybe it is you getting your own intuition exactly what these things are (laughs) about. Exactly. You know, Renee, it's so interesting the things that you just talked about with regards to keeping yourself calm and in alignment. I've been doing a lot of study around trauma. This idea of post-traumatic growth, which is growing through trauma instead of sort of getting stuck. In trauma, and I'll tell you, we all have trauma, right? I mean, it, it's, it's not everybody. limited to a certain uh, a certain group or what have you, but the practices and principles behind post-traumatic growth are honestly some of the ones that you just listed. It's meditation a couple of times a day. It's making sure that you get um, solid movement in. Uh, it's making sure you have good nutrition. It's getting out in nature, even if that means that you're walking your dog around the park. Getting good sleep, uh, journaling, gratitude, and this whole thing that we just talked about the stay where your feet are planted and being in the moment. So it is so interesting that everything that you just said is exactly part of what is in this post traumatic growth studies. Yeah. And, you know, of all those things, I have to say,
1: um, of course, clearly they're all super important for a healthy, happy life. But gratitude is the game changer. It is the game changer taking you from um, even depression, mediocre life, whatever it may be to, wow, I cannot believe this is my life. I um, do a daily gratitude practice every morning, 30 minutes, you know, and there's some days where I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't want gratitude. And then I'll stop. Okay. I'll just do one thing of gratitude. And then I find myself in it, you know, 30 minutes later and it shifts the whole focus of your life. One of the things that I also do at night is um, without writing it down, I just think of what was the best thing that happened to, to me today. And the great thing about that is I have to sort through everything that I did that day and, well, that was really good and that was really good, but this might be better than that. I don't know. That might be the best thing. So I'm finding myself reliving all the good parts of my day versus how perhaps maybe I went to bed 20 years ago with thinking about what I got
0: to do tomorrow. And oh my gosh, I'm so stressed out and you I got to get up early, that stuff. So practically speaking, how do you do your morning routine? Like I know for me, part of my gratitude is that I actually list it out. I use an app and the app has different prompts. And so some days the prompt might be like, list three things you're grateful for. Or they might be, different variations of that, which makes me think about gratitude in a different way, but that's a very concrete way for me to do it. And then I can look back on my app and see how many days I actually <laughs> <laughs> I like stuck, that. stuck to my plan, but practically speaking, how do you do it? Cause you said you have a 30 minute routine that you do.
1: I um, started this. Um, I don't even know how long ago with the book, the magic and the magic, it gives you like, 20, I think it's 28 days of like gratitude practice. You just follow what's in the book, probably very similar to your app. Um, but it gives you prompts. And I, re- I think back through what those prompts were. One of the prompts that was in there that, that sticks with me a lot is are the people that do our work for us in our society, the people that pick up the garbage, the people that, you know, are the guys that are out shoveling the snow at six o'clock in the morning, you know, plowing the snow, the people that are vacuuming the lobby of my building gratitude for those people kind of behind the scenes, the people that are picking the fruit and the getting the food to the restaurants and the grocery stores and all of that. Those are some of the areas where I think we overlook some, there's, I should say there's room for a lot of gratitude there, but back to your question, I do take about 30 minutes a day and I'll, I try to do get through 10 things. So I'll just choose what comes to mind for me today. It happened to be my dog. I was so grateful for my dog. I was so grateful for Heart of the Valley Animal Shelter that I could adopt my dog from. I was so grateful that my dog gets me out every day. You know, I was so grateful that he's a snuggler and that he doesn't, buck, you know, he doesn't beg for food. You know, I just went down the list. So it's not just grateful for my dog. I try to really go through, why am I grateful for him? What are the super great things
0: about him? So that would be one of the 10 things I would do for the day. Do you only do those 10 things in the morning or do you find yourself uh, being grateful and finding reasons to have gratitude throughout the day since you do this practice consistently?
1: Yeah, I found for me doing it in the morning sets me up for the day because if I start set my energy in the morning in gratitude, then I find throughout the day, it just comes more naturally. And I'm, then I'm always all kind of on the lookout for that good thing that and I mm-hmm. gotta remember that good thing that might be the winner tonight.
0: <laughs> so when you do get that front row parking space during black Friday, you're like, oh man, this could be, evening. it. this could, this be, could be the winner. you <laughs> <laughs> all know what we're talking about for sure. So let's switch gears just a little bit. Um, we've talked a lot about where you are and things that you've been doing but I always love to ask the question, what's on your bucket list?
1: Oh, wow. That's a very good question. Um, I have to say, I spend so much time being present and just enjoying like where I am that I often don't think get to the bucket list stuff. I feel like I'm living in my bucket list. Like I feel, you know, being able to go to Yellowstone and fly fishing and hiking and all the great things that are in Montana. Somebody asked me, where are you traveling this year? I'm like, I'm not traveling. I'm just going, you know, down the road (laughs) five miles to hike. Um, Falling in love. I would say the falling in love is is on my bucket list. And I expect that to happen in the next couple of years. Also, now that I know that I'm going to stay in Montana, buying a home here in Montana and just continuing living a really, really fabulous life.
0: So one last question for you, Renee, you've given a lot of advice, you've given a lot of practical um, knowledge, things that people can use. How about advice to our listeners who are at that crossroads, maybe that crossroads of wanting to make a change, maybe they want to take a chance, maybe they want to move into whatever they feel is their purpose, but they haven't yet made that leap. What's your advice? trust yourself,
1: trust yourself and do it. We are so much stronger than we even know. We're so much more capable than we believe ourselves to be. So trust yourself, take the step. You won't regret it.
0: Thank you for that. And for all of the other advice and just sharing your insights with all of us. It's been such a pleasure chatting with you and thanks for spending time with us.
1: Thank you so much, Sue. I love talking with you. I'll do it anytime. Love it.
0: And, and fly fishing, by the way, uh, (laughs) we forgot to mention that uh, Renee and I actually met in, in fly fishing class. So that was great. So listeners, as always, thank you as well for tuning in. I'll be back next Friday with another enlightening episode of Two Gals and a Mic. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of these extraordinary stories. We'll see y'all next time.